0: Welcome to the podcast for the First United Methodist Church, located in Round Rock, Texas. This week, Pastor Brad Britton talks to us about going through life's difficulties with faith and hope. What is the end goal for our lives, and are we living it with a sense of love and grace?
1: How do you do it when everything seems lost and there's no hope? Do you live your life looking at the bad things and noticing just the bad things and getting discouraged? Or is there a part of you that can maybe stand on the other side of the tree and see it a little bit different? What we do have is the ability to control how we respond to things. Many things can be taken from us, but there's one thing that cannot be taken from us, and that is our response to suffering. Not as one who never has any trouble, because we all have trouble, but one that can take even the bad things and somehow point to God, faith. We can't choose what happens to us often, but we can choose how to be a person of grace and love in the midst of it. We do have that freedom. Let's pray. God, help us to hear a word of hope and grace and love and what you say to us and through us. May it make a real difference in how we live our lives and treat others. And especially today as we reflect on what is possible with you. Help us to know that that is anything that's possible. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Well, I've been thinking about trees for some reason this week. not sure why I just can't seem to get trees off my mind maybe maybe you're the same anybody here raise your hand if you have any tree damage at your house wow what a shocker wow yeah just just kind of a weird week anybody just out of kilter and trying to get back in some kind of rhythm that's that's me today, but I've been thinking about trees and was reading about trees. You know, there's 3 trillion trees they estimate in the world today. Think about that a minute. That is a lot of trees. And I looked up some information on the oldest living tree. The oldest living tree is named Methuselah. Uh, and it's in California. It's named Methuselah because that's uh, the oldest person mentioned in the Bible. And so that's what they named the tree. Uh, 4,853 years old, but who's counting, right? Right. Then there's a tree in Chile uh, that they actually believe is older than Methuselah, but they have not confirmed its, its age yet. Uh, it is uh, called great-grandfather. Now, now, if you're a tree and you get a name out of all those trees, that's a big deal to be named, isn't it? Great-grandfather. 5,400 years is what they estimate on that tree. And then uh, I have a tree in our neighborhood I'd like to show you this tree if you pull up the picture of the tree. Maybe. There it is. That is me standing by what's left of what I have affectionately named Eeyore. (laughs) Eeyore has a name now and Eeyore had a rough week. Look at Eeyore. You ever have one of those days or weeks where you're like, Eeyore? You know, it's not just this it's like this well that's Eeyore you know you know what it's like sometimes life can throw stuff at you and Alicia and I were driving up to the church on Thursday from our house and we were driving on 29 towards Georgetown to to I-35 and uh, we looked to the south at all the trees there and it was just beautiful just beautiful Just this winter wonderland of trees. And then then it hits you when you look at the beauty. You also know what's happening to a lot of those trees. What? Just breaking branches, destruction. So you have this beauty and destruction in the same picture. And that's life, isn't it? You have these beautiful moments, these beautiful seasons. And you have difficulties and challenges Every step of the way, it seems. And so the question is, how does a Christian live in this kind of world in the midst of breaking branches and all the things that come at us and still have a faith and a hope in Christ? How do you do that? How do you do it when everything seems lost and there's no hope? Well, Romans 8 uh, was written by Paul to the church at Rome. Uh, this church had been through a lot, as a lot of the early churches had. They were trying to figure things out. Was this faith just for the Jewish population, or, or do we take it to the Gentiles? Is this for, for everybody? And they had that conflict. Uh, the government of Rome was trying to figure this new group out, and they faced a lot of persecution, and, and it was just a difficult time. Very difficult time. And so Paul writes this letter. And in the 8th chapter, uh, especially verse 31 to 39, which we just read, uh, is this message of hope. It said, what then are we to say about these things? What then are we to say about these things? Well, what he's talking about is what he had written previously in the chapter there. About how God uh, loves us so much that he sent his son To live for us and ultimately die for us. And that if God is for us, who can be against us? And so what do we say about these things? And then that last part of chapter 8. For I am convinced that nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ. Not death. Not life. Not angels or rulers. Not the present. Not whatever is to come. Nothing Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. And so, so that's the message. That's the message he gave. And so I was thinking about that as we were driving in and here's all this destruction. And if you just showed up today to church and were not at the church campus the past few days, you'd drive up and say, "It doesn't look that bad. It was bad. It was just bad. Branches all over the place. And you know, we had... 30 plus people show up yesterday to clean it all up. Thank you, by the way, if you help. That's what a church does, not, not just in situations like this. We, we pull together, we support each other, uh, we, we, we align ourselves to a mission that is bigger than ourselves, and, and this group got together and made it possible for you to walk into this worship center today without stepping over branches literally and and it's a reminder that sometimes what you see is not always the last thing especially if it's bad the worst things are never the last things ever and we were looking at some of the trees and there's one tree out here in particular. This was, I think, Thursday, a few of us were walking around. So I'm, I'm walking on the, the left side of the tree and it looks fine. I'm like, oh, it looks good. Somebody said, do you think it's going to make it? I'm like, yeah, it looks fine. Walked around the other side of the tree and everybody went, oh, maybe not. And so it made me ask the question, does our faith really depend on which side of the tree you're looking Do you live your life looking at the bad things and noticing just the bad things and getting discouraged? Or is there a part of you that can maybe stand on the other side of the tree and see it a little bit different? And for Paul, he was saying that they could be more than conquerors in their lives because they could stand, I guess you could say, on the correct side of the tree and look at it a little bit differently. That's really what it comes down to some days, because we can't control a lot of things in life. How many of you had control over the weather this past week? Apparently no one, because you didn't stop it. We did not have the power to say, okay, that's enough, I love that tree in my backyard, and please stop. But what we do have, uh, one of the prisoners in concentration camps, uh, and many of his family was killed in the, the camps. Uh, he survived and went on later uh, to write a book, Man's Search for Meaning. And he talked about how do you find meaning in life, especially after you've been through what he experienced. How, how can you believe in, in, in God? How can you believe in a good God in, in the midst of that? And so it got him to thinking and, and developed a theory called uh, logotherapy, And it is, uh, how do we make sense of life and meaning? So, there's three ways, he says, that we generally find meaning in life. One is we can create a work or do a deed. So, that's one way. Another way is to experience another person, encounter another person, or, or have an experience of something. And a third way is how we respond to unavoidable suffering. So, how do you respond to unavoidable suffering. He said, many things can be taken from us, but there's one thing that cannot be taken from us, and that is our response to suffering. We have that freedom in how we respond. There's a church in Detroit, Metropolitan United Methodist Church. Anybody ever been there? Uh, There is a statue in front of that church. And you know what the name of the statue is? Yet. Isn't that interesting? That's one word. That's the statue. Yet. And, and it's this statue of a man that is standing there. And wrapped around his legs. Coiled around his legs. Is a snake. And it comes up to right about here. About, about his knees. And the name of the statue is Yet. And turns out it's named after one of the Psalms. In this particular psalm, the psalmist, it's Psalm 71. The psalmist is talking about all the things that have happened in life, the difficulties, how it just feels like one thing after another. And I think it's verse 14 in that psalm. It it mentions all these things and then it says, Yet I will praise him. In spite of it all, yet I will praise him and so they named this statue yet uh, to remind people that no matter what life throws at you somehow some way through the holy spirit we can say yet i uh, was a pastor in tawakana tawakana years ago and it's the highest point between Houston and Dallas. In fact, it came within a few votes of becoming the capital of Texas. Isn't that crazy, Can you imagine? Glad it didn't, because you ever try to spell Tawakana? <laughs> T-E-H-U-A-C-A-N-A. And there's a cemetery there on the hill sloping down where I officiated many graveside services and wonderful people. And this particular year, it was Easter we were in Holy Week that beginning. We were planning a sunrise service there that would be just beautiful. And we had to cancel the sunrise service. And any guesses on why we would have to cancel a sunrise service? It snowed. Snow and ice. Easter. Who cancels an Easter sunrise service? Well, it, it snowed. And do you know that particular year was one of the best we'd ever seen for Blue Bonnets that year? So, Easter Sunday, uh, we had services indoors because it was okay for that. It wasn't suitable there at the cemetery for the sunrise. I drove out to the cemetery before church, and you know what I saw the most amazing thing? Blue bonnets peeking their heads up out of the snow. Have you ever seen blue bonnets in snow? Yeah, me either. That's weird right and it was this beautiful reminder that this snow and ice and cold and death and here's this blue bonnet just rising up another reminder so you think about your life and my life you know it's one thing just to survive the day you ever just is that the goal some days really let's be honest I'm not expecting much. I don't even want any joy today. It doesn't matter. <laughs> just just not any problems. Just leave me alone. And can I just make it to reading my book before bed and going to sleep? That's you know, The bar's right here today. <laughs> and that's life. That's normal. But a better picture for life is, where is the bar for me? Is it, is it just to survive things or is it to be more than a conqueror who God can use my life as a testimony? Not as one who never has any trouble because we all have trouble, but one that can, can take even the bad things and somehow point to God. God faith Tony Campolo told a story once about a service he attended this was in Philadelphia years ago and the pastor that day was highlighting the college students who were graduating and they would had each one stand up and say where they're going to college and all this and the first one stood up going to Harvard, be a lawyer then another going to MIT to be an engineer and this went on and on and everybody's clapping and celebratory and Then the pastor looks at the kids and he says, well, I'm here to tell you one day you're going to (laughs) die. Wow, right? One day you're going to die. Now, you can't even think about that right now, especially at your age. But one day you're going to die because one day you're going to die. They're going to bury you in the cemetery and they're going to go back to church and eat potato salad. That, that's what he said to him. <laughs> I'm like, wow, I was just wanting to celebrate graduating high school. Thank you. And then he went on this beautiful summary of scripture talked about Pharaoh. You remember Pharaoh, the ruler of Egypt? Now he had a title, didn't he? But Moses had what? A testimony. King Darius, he had a title, but Daniel in the lion's den, now he had a testimony. Take it all the way to Jesus. Pilate, he had a title. King Herod, he had a title. What did Jesus have? A testimony. And he looked at the kids and he said, You know, I wish for you both titles and testimonies, but if you have to choose, always go with the testimonies. And he's right. We can't choose what happens to us often. (laughs) But we can choose how to be a person of grace and love in the midst of it. We do have that freedom. And I keep thinking about that tree. If you want to walk by the tree, you can. The one I was talking about earlier, uh, it's that way. Which way is that way? I don't know. It's that way. And it's as you go to that parking lot on that side, whatever that side is by the church office, and you'll see the tree. One side is fine and the other's clearly broken off. And every time I've walked by that tree since, I've thought, which side of the tree are you standing on? Which side? Are you on the side that says there's no hope? Are you on the side that Says maybe God can do something with a tree. You know he did something with a tree. You remember? His son died on one for you. And me. Now how do you look at that tree? Because how you look at that tree. Might determine everything else in your life. In fact it does. I'm sure after he was resurrected, as the women went to tell the disciples what they'd seen, which was this stone rolled away, I'm sure, and you can see in scripture, they said, no way, really? And sometimes the testimony is, I don't know how, I don't know why, but somehow God did something with that. And I can tell you, I believe it because I stood in a cemetery on Easter Sunday looking at blue bonnets and snow. Anything is possible. Anything. Let's pray. God, help us to see all of life as perhaps you see it. Even the difficult things that don't make sense. Help us to remember that you can transform even those and us through them. And that we can be a witness to you and to your life and faith. And that that truly anything is possible. And so now as we prepare to come to your table to receive this sacrament of grace and forgiveness. Help us not forget that it cost you everything. And so now we respond with faith, ready to receive that which only you can give us. Through Christ our Lord. Amen.
0: Thank you for tuning in to our Round Rock Sunday Sermon Series podcast. I'm Spring Borden, your missions chair here at First United Methodist Church of Round Rock. Our current community outreach, we are working with Sleep and Heavenly Peace. So with Sleep and Heavenly Peace, what it is is it's a bed build and this will help get children that sleep on the floor, off the floor and into their own bed. Our community comes together one day and they build and deliver the bed that same day. I gotta tell you, doing all these bed builds, it's amazing building the bed. But when you do the delivery, it is completely heartwarming and touching when you walk in and you put the bed up in a home for a kid, and it's their first bed ever. We have connected with these people. Some of them that have received beds here in Round Rock, they now come to our church and come and help at other bed builds. help build them to give back themselves because that's a way that they can give back just the hugs and just how appreciative they all are not just the kids but the families the parents and grandparents and everybody it's amazing we have an upcoming event february 25th which is a saturday our d now students are using that day as their mission to build beds here on our campus to get kids off the floor that evening. We're inviting you to partner with us to be a part of this and to help get these kids in need off the floor and into a bed so they can be more comfortable and have a better day in school and life and just in general. So yeah we are asking for your assistance to help By going onto our website, you can give financially at the Sleep in Heavenly Peace link on there, as well as you will be able to go onto our Amazon website and purchase the bedding for these beds that will be out there. The beds cost $250 a piece, and that's the bed and the bedding and the mattress all in one. So for more information, you can visit our website at FUMC-RR.com. Org. And on there, go ahead and scroll down and find the Sleep in Heavenly Peace Mission Spotlight. And there you'll be able to give financially online or text BEDS at 44321. Also, there will be a link for bedding on our Amazon wish list. Connect with us on social media at FUMCRR. You can catch us on live streams on Facebook or YouTube Make sure you're using that hashtag for F-U-M-C-R-R. Our next series will be hashtag sings my soul. Please leave your five-star review. We are here to walk with you and look forward to seeing you soon, however you would like to join. In the very near future, we are adding community missions and these podcasts, so stay plugged in to find out how you can help. For now, more information is on our website at fumc-rr.org.